Welcome to season one of BSSM Canada Alumni Podcast. We are your hosts, Brittany and Amanda. Our heart for this podcast is to capture what God is doing in Canada and around the world and share personal testimonies from other BSSM alumni. Through the conversations and stories shared, we hope to encourage and inspire you to keep pursuing the desires God has put inside of you because we believe we are on the edge of the greatest revival of all time and your life is making an impact. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the BSSM Canada Alumni Podcast. Today on the show, we have Nathan, who is also a BSSM Canadian alumni. And we are going to start today's episode off with some would you rather questions to get to know him a little bit more. But yeah, welcome Nathan to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. We're excited to get into our topic. But like I said, Amanda's going to kind of start it off with some would you rather questions. They're really Mm -hmm. random. So Uh whatever comes to mind, it's like rapid fire type of thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Would you rather spend the rest of your life living in a sailboat as your home or an RV for your home? Oh, RV, easy. I I love being in the outdoors. I I don't live anywhere near the ocean. I love being in the wilderness and mountains. So that that was an easy one. That was a that was a softball. Nice. Okay. Would you rather always be 10 minutes late or 20 minutes early? Hmm. You know, when I got home from BSM, BS, BSSM, excuse me, I went into construction and I remember yeah. showing up one day on time and my boss ripped me a new one. He's like, you do not show up to start work on the time you start work. He's like, you are to be out in the field working at the time you start work. So I'd rather be early all the time than late and avoid messes like that again. Okay. Would you rather be invisible or be able to fly? Ooh. um, I don't trust myself if I could be invisible. So let's (laughs) say fly. (laughs) I don't know what type of meetings I tried and eavesdrop in or or sneak around. So let's let's say fly. Okay. Would you rather be Batman or Spider-Man? Batman, 100%. I called it Batman when I was little and I'd have my little action figures trying to lead other action figures (laughs) to, to Jesus. And yeah, easy, Batman. That's cool. Okay, so we got one more. Would you rather read an awesome book or watch a good movie? Ooh, um, that's a tough one. I, you know, I I don't read a lot of. I like fiction books, but I don't le- read a lot of fiction books. I read um, productivity books. So probably watch an awesome movie if I'm just trying to, just take it easy and and check out for a bit. Okay. Okay. So now we're going to jump into the conversation. Um, so for, so who is your RGP and what year did you attend BSSM? I attended between uh, 2009 to 2011. My first year revival group pastor was Trisha Wheeler. And my second year was Teresa Dedman. Oh, wow. I didn't know that she was a revival group pastor, Teresa Dedman. 
yeah, I, I loved the creativity track. Mm -hmm. We got to produce like a, a short film and put it on for everyone. And we're so excited because some of the senior staff came to watch it. And looking oh, back, it was just, it, that's it was so rushed, cool. but yeah. Wow, very cool. <laughs> okay, for our listeners who may not know you, can you give us a brief overview of who you are and what you do? Sure. So I'm a pastor at a church in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I oversee men's ministry and young adult ministry. And then I oversee our small groups with a small group leadership team. Uh, I was a youth pastor prior to coming into some of these roles. But I think why I'm here on the podcast today is more so the behind the scenes ministry that has started coming forward. And I could talk a bit about that if if you would like. Yeah, sure. That'd be great. So when I when I first got back from from Bethel, my my intention was to go into investigations, and I sat down. I started getting my um, investigative sciences studies underway. I ended up becoming a private investigator, and I was talking with the uh, executive director of the Justice Department of Alberta at the time. Um, he was part of the. Uh, executive, or he was part of the executive branch of the Alberta Justice Department. And he said, it's it's not unusual for psychics and mediums and witches and, and other people to contact law enforcement and submit tips. And I kind of laughed and he laughed too, because it's like, well, are they just giving vague enough tips that anybody could, you know, say that, wow, that's so accurate. But well, most of them are a bit hokey, um, some of them were really specific, like where you could find bodies or or specific names and instances. And I was kind of taken back a bit. And I said, you know, well, how many Christians call in tips? And he said, none. And that that bothered me because, you know, if we believe in the Holy Spirit, we should be the ones with the most accurate information. And mm. I started digging into Alberta's um historical archives, which include all sorts of crime cases and, and uh, uh, criminal justice cases, etc. And there wasn't really anything about Christians there. And I thought, well, you know, we serve the God of Daniel, and Daniel was placed in charge of these um, Gnostic religions, he was placed in charge of the witches and wise men and mediums and warlocks, we serve Esther, the God of Esther, uh, Deborah, and Elijah, and Elisha, and all these other figures who became um, anchors in the courts of their land because of listening to the Spirit of God. And so it drove me into, um, it drove me into this behind-the-scenes deliverance ministry where we started getting involved in some of these groups. We wanted to see how they functioned, what they were doing, and um, from there, God really broke our heart for a lot of these people because they believe there's another world out there. They believe there's something greater than this world we live in. And so they're so much closer to God than I think the everyday ordinary person who might still be questioning or agnostic or, or atheist. And it broke our heart so much for this group of people that we almost stayed strictly in deliverance ministry as we as we start to work with them but eventually god opened the door for us to get involved in some criminal investigations and involved in some cases as as christians as emissaries of the holy spirit and 
there's a lot more to unpack. I could spend hours unpacking it, but that's the gist of where I ended up today. Wow, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I think it's it reminds me actually kind of um, what the Prophetic Labs is doing. I don't know if you follow Lindsay Ryman. The name sounds familiar, but I can't okay. say for sure. Yeah, she's um, the prophetic. I think she's like a prophetic director at Bethel now. And she does similar, yeah, things like they, I think they've done quite a few more so like in the business realm, just solving things or yeah, using, you know, our prophetic giftings with that. But I think there's like solved some cases too, or there's, if I'm not mistaken, I thought I've heard a story like that, but very cool. I love that that's on your heart and just how God opened the doors for you guys. We'd love to hear more. We'll, we're going to dive into more questions. Um, regarding this but one thing back to your experience at BSM what's something that really stood out uh to you in your experience that uh you took away kind of like something that you learned um one of the one of the things i think i i took away was just um you know no matter what the situation god's intentions for you are are good and we we came across some rough times when we got back our our senior pastor here at the church died uh, died a few short years ago, and it was rather a, a sudden cancer journey that led him to his his death. But um, just the perspective that you know God still God's plans for us are still good, no matter what happens. We can still trust Him with the outcome. We can trust His plans and and purpose for us in the midst of it, and that we are freely able to hear His voice and we're able to tune in and seek it. And I loved. I loved Bethel's emphasis on seeking God's voice all the time. It came up in pretty much every class and in every side class and in every treasure hunt, et cetera. So that's one of the things that really stood out to me was just the willingness and earnestness to continually seek God's voice all the time. Yeah, I would agree. It was definitely when I went, I just did first year on campus and it was very much the same thing. And now I'm doing BSSM second year online, actually. <laughs> and nice. it's been really cool, the content so far, and um, all about hearing God's voice and learning more about, you know, tapping into the prophetic too. So mm. um, I really want to, yeah, get going here, though, on this, this topic, because I know this is something um, that I really wanted to learn more about too. And so just kind of setting it up, uh, it says here, so today's topic, which is all about being spirit-filled, the significance of being spirit-filled versus psychic and medium abilities, um, and how being in a relationship with God and hearing his voice can bring solutions to answers we are needing. So what would be the difference, you would say, in this question? It's It's funny because, you know, I think sometimes we as the church can end up demonizing things that aren't necessarily needing to be demonized. Um, but at the same time, when I look at, you know, people who sell uh, crystals or or rocks that supposedly can change the design of the universe and stuff, I'm like, if, if, if you dig down into that philosophy, you think this little $25 crystal you bought from the farmer's market can stop these cosmic powers from messing with your life and so we as christians say 
stuff like that can't. We have to submit to a higher authority. And that higher authority is what we need to trust to get through all this. So uh, there's been times where psychics and stuff, um, you know, they have this incredible information revealed to them. But then there's other times where it goes down a really deep and dark rabbit hole. And I think that's where we as Christians, when we hear from the Holy Spirit, we can always trust what we're here for, hearing from the Holy Spirit. It's not up to us to hear some sort of voice and try and discern um, what it is in terms of gods and goddesses and, and beings, but we're, we're tuning into one source. And this one source is the source of all sources. And so I, <clears throat> I love coming across um, some of these psychic and, and medium groups and stuff who, who don't charge anything for their services. Like they have a genuine art to see people healed and, and delivered. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, who, who are you really serving? Who are you really listening to for this information? Right. Yeah, that's really good. Um, okay, so why don't you start off by sharing a bit about your background and learn learning about the prophetic and how you started to walk in the prophetic with your team? Yeah. So for me, I'm I'm not a huge I'm not a huge prophetic person. Uh, most of my most of the time I hear from God, it's impressions. It's that still small voice. It's that you know, this is this is pulling me in this direction, and I don't know why. But a lot of our team has uh, strong prophetic giftings, and so learning all about the prophetic at Bethel was was amazing. But part of part of my journey when I got home was unpacking it for what it meant to me, because it wasn't always um, this mystical process. Sometimes it was just again that that still small voice, and so. For me, I think the main thing for for Christians is to be spirit filled in order to hear that voice. And I think even if somebody isn't prophetic, they can still glean this information from God. They can still hear uh, the Holy Spirit's voice in their life. And a mm -hmm. lot of our our team is more uh, of the Daniel and Babylon with the the testimonies that have. Um, uh, resulted in the Holy Spirit guiding us through investigations. It comes from supernatural connections and discernment surrounding evidence, ministering to the the paranormal and occult community. So sometimes it's it's definitely naturally supernatural. It's not as overt as it would be from uh, a stage with somebody standing on stage and prophesying over somebody. Um, Many of the times mm -hmm. it's, if it's outside of an investigation, it's, you know, saying to someone, Hey, I, you know, I, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I, I'm just feeling this about your life, or I'm just sensing this about your life is, is that true? And that's the way it usually shows up. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, there's definitely like a lot of ways that you can like hear the voice of God, right? Like there's like dreams and prophetic and all sorts of different ways right the still small voice and okay so if you were to tell someone who didn't know much about the prophetic who is using and seeing psychics for guidance what would you tell that person um we've gotten into this this situation a few times it's interesting because these groups of of psychics and and witches and stuff they they open up their meetings with uh they call it a, a a prayer, a covering, and they open it up to 
uh, beings and gods and goddesses of light. And I, when some of these people start to come out of the paranormal and occult, they still try and tap into some of these former resources that they found really encouraging. And so my challenge to them is usually just very practical. It's like, okay, well, do you fact check stuff when you're on the internet? Like, do you, do you just take everything you see at its word or do you look into the root or, or what could be behind it? Because if you're, if you're just taking uh, a psychic or medium at their word, you know, sometimes it's going to be true. It is, but how do you know, unless you're testing it or looking for the truth yourself, what are you testing it against? And they can't, I've never had somebody be able to say, Oh, I'm testing it against, blank there's just usually this the stare that they give me because they've never really thought about it they've never thought about fact checking a psychic reading that they've gotten before and and they go well how you how do you do it as a christian i'm like well we have we have the bible we have the holy spirit's voice we have other believers we have the church there's a a number of different ways you can test a word you're getting um in in christianity Yeah, that's really powerful. That's interesting. Do you find that when you talk to them too, like they're really just searching for, like, what do you feel like they're really searching for? Oh, I, I, so this is one of the things that made me just fall in love with this community. So many of them use the name of Jesus in their investigations and they leave people little pieces of paper for, for aftercare after they do home cleansings and stuff. And they say, you know, this is a whole different tangent, but they're like, you know, for some reason, sometimes it could be 10 times worse after we come in and try and clean things up. And I'm like, oh, that's straight from scripture, right? Yeah. But part of that piece of paper, they they tell people to use the name of Jesus and that it works and that they don't know why. But what I love about this community is now there's always exceptions. But what I love about this community is they're desire to see people who are stuck in demonic torment who are who are stuck in this life of darkness be delivered and so they try and do their best with what they know but mm -hmm. most of them are on this journey um called uh it's it's gnosticism right it's it's the belief that salvation is attained through sacred knowledge and if only you just learn this next thing if only you just discover this next revelation then you'll be saved Whereas we as Christians know that we're saved by grace through Christ. There's no amount of knowledge we could gain that could save us ourselves. And it's it's interesting because you look at Adam and Eve, and that's where I believe the the root of Gnosticism, Gnosticism started. It's, it's knowledge that's separated from God, right? It's sacred knowledge. It's knowledge of the world separated from God. So when Adam and Eve sinned, they chose that that path of to, to have that knowledge separated from God. So really, when we talk with a lot of these people, it's just getting back to that root of, look, you don't have to discover things in order to be saved. You don't have to strive in order to be saved. And, and that's probably been the most fruitful part of our ministry to these people. Wow. I'd love to hear some more stories about just, yeah people coming to God too. But one uh, question I have for you here is, I'm sure you have a lot of stories, but how have you seen God show up by partnering with him and seeing him bring solutions to a problem or having a word for someone that's radically changed their life? I know you've already touched on a few things, but if there's anything particular, I'm sure there's lots. <laughs> yeah. During, um, 
I've been in in this um, this environment for close to ten years now, and it's only been um, it's only been coming from behind the scenes for the last four years, and I spent about five years in this environment before many of them found out I was a pastor. <laughs> and um, it happened when uh, when COVID hit, they could no longer have these these monthly. Uh, let me back it up for a second, actually. So we got involved in these these groups, and they found out I was a private investigator. They found out I had some background in research, and that I was also interested in the the supernatural or what they would call the the paranormal. And so they had me in as a guest speaker, and I got speaker of the year. And then they had me in again, and then they had me in a third time. And I felt specifically for this third time that I was supposed to start calling out some of the beings that they were worshiping as, as false idols, as demons, as principalities. And as I was sharing with my wife and with this, this group around me, I was kind of mourning because I thought, you know, is this going to sever the relationship between me and this community, this relationship I've been building for a few years now? And it went in and I actually got speaker of the year again, being able to share this stuff. And from there, there were oh. some seeds that had been put down, some seeds of, of, you know, am I actually doing what I think I'm doing? This is what these, these people are asking. And so all of a sudden COVID hits, no more in-person meetings, they can't do anything. And so they asked me to host their podcast over COVID. They started a podcast for their monthly meetings instead. So here I am as a pastor being asked to lead a pagan and occultic podcast <laughs> over the course of COVID. And I was like, sure, you know, I'm I'm happy to. I'm not going to cover some of these topics that you want me to cover, but I'm happy to cover some of these other ones. And during one of the podcasts, during the Q&A time, they're like, so what do you do? What do you do for work? And I'm like, I'm, oh, I'm a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> like wait you're a pastor and you, you, you know you're willing to talk about like shadow beings and ufos and stuff i'm like yeah i know i know it, yeah i'm a pastor but we as christians believe in the supernatural too like we believe in angels angels and demons and uh -huh. um so from there we started seeing people approaching me and asking questions about christianity and asking questions about what i believe and COVID stirred up a lot of fear in people who didn't have the certainty of the next world. So mm -hmm. even though a lot of these people were aware of the next world, they didn't know where their place was going to be in it. And so one of them got really, really sick during COVID. She almost, she almost died. And she uh, sent me a message saying, Hey, uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I want to, I want to figure out what's beyond this. Um, mm -hmm. And so we ended up meeting with her and saying, you know, all salvation is is saying to God, hey, listen, I've tried doing things my own way. I've hurt people and they've hurt me and I want to give my life over to you. And one of my my favorite testimonies, if I can, if I can pick it up here, was um, right along the lines of of what I'm talking about, where he says he sent me um a message January 4th, 2021 saying, Hey, Nathan, my name is blank. And I'll, I'll just leave it out for, cause I didn't ask him if this was okay. Hey, name, uh, Nathan, my name is blank. I've enjoyed following your podcast and listening to your last couple episodes, including the Halloween special. I'm making my way out of years of shamanic study and have 
other, many other new age things that have been strongly called to God through Jesus these last months. And I've been feeling pulled to renounce and repent for a lot of my old ways. I'm really hoping you could talk me through a healthy balance here and help me guide through letting go of some of my old ways and change my life. And what I love about this testimony is so many of these people believe in God and Jesus. So many of them do, but they don't believe that he's the only way to heaven. They don't believe that he's the only way. So the fact that he said that he's been feeling strongly called to God through Jesus just makes me well up each time. And I was able to sit down with him and go through salvation and and pray with him. So that's definitely one of my favorite testimonies. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing. <laughs> Is there another story that you want to highlight or was that the main main one? Um, it's so funny because we tend to think that um, when people get saved, they're just, you know, all of a sudden they, they have it. They just, they understand the Bible. They understand theology. They understand their relationship with God. But I think of Chris Valton when he talks about how Jesus was born in a manger and mangers aren't clean. They aren't neat. They aren't tidy. And so we had this one, this one new believer where for this first six months, of her becoming saved, she still prayed to God and universe. And I would always kind of face palm when that would happen. But I knew that God was still hearing her because she had submitted her life. She didn't understand that God and universe were were two separate things, that the universe is something that's created and God's the one who created it. And so we see a lot of these nuances where we have to be patient and walk Mm -hmm. along with people and and help them to to let go of some of these old ways. But it's what makes it so real. And yeah, that that's another one of my favorite stories. Wow. Thanks for sharing. It's so cool. Just because, you know, it's a process, right? When we're out of an old <laughs> lifestyle, right? Same thing yeah. for me when I was younger, coming back to the Lord. And you don't have it all figured out. <laughs> it's a learning. Yeah. I mean, right? All right. Yeah. Yeah. So very cool. Wow. Well, we have, yeah, a few more questions for you here. I know Amanda wanted to ask you something specific here too. Okay. What is some of your favorite podcasts, books, or resources that have helped you and you grow in the prophetic? You know, um, surprisingly, I don't actually, even though I run my own podcast, I don't listen to a ton of um, podcasts myself, but as a pastor, I read we read a ton of books and people give us a ton of books to read too. Uh, one of my favorite has been uh, recently a spirit filled small group. And it, it's, it's not, so, it doesn't use the, the language of the prophetic, but it's very much that sense. We don't at our church, uh, we don't count salvations unless those people are plugged into a ministry right afterwards, because it's so many, it's so easy for so many churches just to turn people into into numbers on a page, right? So mm-hmm. people who become saved, we plug them into small groups, we plug them into inner healing ministries, etc. And uh, uh, spirit-filled small group, uh, is it Danny Alcorn? I don't remember, but he focuses on, okay, how can you be in small group and be speaking into each other? How can you be in small group and doing life together and that's that's been one of my my favorites recently yeah i'll have to check that out i've never heard of that that yeah group at all joel comiskey yeah okay okay yeah we'll check it out for sure and link it 
link them in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious too. Um, one of my next questions is also for, you know, people who want to activate their prophetic giftings and kind of don't know where to start, but also curious with you guys as well, kind of a secondary question to that. Like, do you have kind of like a, a way to kind of go about things when you're doing an investigation? Like, do you have like, I don't know, some people follow like a way, I don't know if you have a step-by-step or something. <laughs> we do. I know exactly what you're talking about, actually. Um, so I know that could be different to like starting with the prophetic, right? but they kind yeah. of might tie, there might be some tools or whatever you use or so what you learned maybe. We, um, so this is a case involving a murder investigation and it started off with somebody having dreams of this this uh, woman at this lake just over and over again. Um, I won't get into too many details, um, but kept having the dream these dreams of this woman at this lake, and there was um, a unusually high amount of of suicides at this lake. You were you were. 17 we have a bunch of professional researchers on our team you were 17 times more likely to commit suicide at this lake than anywhere else in canada like just oh, some wow. very dark stuff happening um and so he sent us some photos of this this lake and so without any context we started passing them on to our prophetic team we just said hey look at these photos give us a, a, an impression or sense of what you're getting and four out of the five people came back and said, Hey, I saw this woman who had been murdered. And they, they described two other aspects that I can't list here that were very specific to the manner in which she was, she was murdered. Mm. And so we were like, okay, well, there's, there's some other research we did and we passed it on to um, the local law enforcement body here in Alberta. And they went out there and they, uh, they netted the lake and they pulled out a female skeleton with um, indicators of how she had been murdered. And instantly oh, wow. we were we were cut off from the investigation. And my what? my partner and I, um, what? yeah, we were like, well, if we get pulled into interview, like, what do we say? We're like, <laughs> we just like, what do we say? And we're like, we have to say it was it was the result of the prophetic it was a result of hearing the holy spirit's voice and yeah. yeah so that was that was pretty that was pretty intense but that was one methodology in which we we started using for other cases where we would selectively share some information people would okay. submit to us their impressions or dreams or or pictures and then we would release the next bit of information as well and so that's that's been a bit of our methodology okay interesting wow so yeah, would you be able to share a little bit now on what are some like kind of like some tips or maybe even a place where people can start off that they're just learning about the prophetic, maybe they come from more of a yeah, conservative background or yeah, just really don't even know where to start. <laughs> sure. I I I think that the first thing for every every Christian to do even before starting to explore the prophetic is to learn to get to know God's 
voice um, for sure. And that comes through scripture, that comes through prayer, that comes through other people. And again, I something I had to learn was that it's not, it's it's not this, well, it's not always this booming voice from the the sky. It's often through others in my life. It's, it's often through friends and family. It's often in scripture where something stands out to me about a verse I've read a hundred times that that hits different. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's my first encouragement is that um, people just begin to seek God's voice. They begin to try and listen for God's voice, uh, you know, daily. It doesn't have to be this long, drawn out devotional time. It could be on the car ride home or in the shower or when you're falling asleep at night. Just, God, can I hear from you? Pouring your heart out. And then once you start to get familiar with God's voice in your life that way, then start going, okay, God, what do you have for this person that I'm standing next to in line at the the grocery store? And I again, I don't think it has to be this big mystical thing where it's thus, thus saith the Lord that, you know, um, I think it's like, hey, you know, I, I feel like you might be having a difficult time right now. Is is that is that accurate? And then going from there into listening to what God's voice, what the Holy Spirit is telling you. And like First Corinthians 14, verse 3 says, it's for it's for edification and and comfort. It's for strengthening, encouraging. It's it's uh not always what we see with the house of the prophet, where it's um very specific instances. I think for the everyday Christian, it's to encourage those around them and speak into the lives around them. So start with getting to know God's voice on your own and then start seeing how he wants to use you to speak into to other people's life for their education and encouragement. Yeah, that's really good, Nathan. Cause yeah, sometimes we're we feel like, you know, when you're first starting, you know, you're like, I have to hear this big, like the angels <laughs> yeah. on the mountain like, this audible voice, but it's like, no. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, obviously God talks audibly, but it, you know, that's still small voice, like you said too. So Yes, yeah, that's yeah. really great. Um, I think, yeah, we have another question actually from Amanda. Okay, so what are you doing now to be a salt and light in the area that God has placed you after BSSM? So right now, my focus is how can we get every single person involved in our community involved in a in a small group? This is the church organizational side of things and it's because we believe people are to be um shepherded in group together we're not i mean um acts talks about how people met in the temple courts and from house to house we're the ones that are supposed to be there for each other and we've seen some awesome examples of um parents who have been hospitalized at our church and their small group has taken care of their kids they've done out and uh, they've went out and gotten groceries for them and the other thing is, is that if the church's physical doors, the the building's doors were ever, ever shut, then your small group just continues to, to function as normal. And I think we saw during COVID which churches really had community going on already and which ones didn't. And so that's been my focus from an organizational side of things. And then in terms of what I've been talking about with the prophetic, with the investigation ministry and with this this podcast we run it's been how can we continue to um stand out in this this dark dark arena and for us one thing we've noticed and it's no credit to ourselves it's just us being honest it's us 
praying before episodes, before dealing with people, but people go, you know, there's something different about you. There's something that's, we can't, we can't put our finger on it, but there's something different about you. And then from there, we're able to plant seeds and speak into their, into their life. And it's awesome being in a community full of these people as Christians, where we're not standing on a soapbox on the corner of a street, shouting at them. In fact, um, one of our guests we just had on as a um, as a podcast recently, my wife and I were out to, to coffee with her. And at the end of the coffee, she's like, so what do you, what's your profession? And I'm like, oh, I'm a I'm a pastor. And she's like, oh, you're you're a Christian. Oh, you're a Christian. And uh-huh. she lives in this part of town where the only familiarity she has with Christianity is those soapbox preachers. It's the people saying God's condemning you for your sin. God is, you know, you'll burn in hell without repenting. And we know that there's there's truth behind, way, way behind what they're they're preaching, but it doesn't speak to people in grace and love. It doesn't speak, speak to people on a level they're at. And so with us as being Christians in this community, we're able to converse with people. We have a small group full of these people where we say, well, you know, us as Christians, this is what we believe personally, like this is what we see. And then they're able to share what they see. And from that, this relationship develops where over time, the seeds begin to sprout, they begin to uh, flourish. And again, it's not because we're preaching at people. um, It's because we have relationship with them. Yeah, that's key, like the relationship part too. Yeah, community is super important. It's very, very good. Remember, Jesus was defined as a friend of sinners, right? He wasn't mm-hmm. just an associate. These these prostitutes and tax collectors and thieves and murderers were able to point at Jesus and be like, oh, yeah, that's my friend. Like, I know him. Like, he knows me. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how many Christians you ask today if sinners, for lack of a better modern term, if sinners can call them a friend. Like how many sinners they have in their lives as friends, mm-hmm. right? That's, sure. a, that's a huge uh, encouragement I try and give to people in the churches. You know, are you are you friends with the community around you? Are you friends with people who aren't saved? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, then they just you know see that too. Like you're just there to be a friend, and you're not like you know putting like down like you're gonna go to hell and all this stuff right because that's not gonna really get anywhere either just loving one in front of you like you said I think that's key so yeah and uh Amanda there's just I guess another question from you next (laughs) okay can you tell us about your podcast and where people can check it out online sure so it's not your typical, it's not a Christian podcast, just to be clear. It's a uh, non-Christian podcast run by Christians. So we have a lot of guests onto our podcast that aren't Christian. We have a diverse audience as well. And it's focuses on the paranormal community and the occultic community and the pagan community. So the podcast is called Midnight Mysteries. You can find most of the links off our website at midnightmysteries.ca. Our main social hub is Midnight Mysteries Radio on Instagram, and that's how we we connect with a, a lot of our audience. Okay. And that's what cool. are the topics that you guys cover? Like, do you 
like are you just interviewing like different psychics or yeah so we interviewed somebody who had our last guest was somebody who has a ghost podcast here in edmonton as well but we've interviewed people from all sorts of different backgrounds we've talked about um, just because my my co-host and i who also run the investigation side of things um, have some background in psychology with our education so we talk about you know things we see in psychology that kind of affirm some of our supernatural beliefs as as christians uh some of the diagnoses in the the dsm which is a psychologist uh diagnostic handbook we we see them as you know a blend between the natural and and supernatural so we talk about research we talk about everything from the weirdest side of stuff like ufos and sasquatch and and all of that sasquatches um, love it (laughs) yeah just just anything from these communities that these communities are already talking about Mm -hmm. and generally what not a lot of christians are talking about right Mm -hmm. have you covered like oh sorry amanda did you have something Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, do you cover like uh, deliverance on like a Christian perspective on your podcast at all? Oh, absolutely. Like there's times yeah. where it inherently bleeds through, like yeah. for sure. Um, there's one episode where we talk about um, there's groups of people uh, that are part of community that will go into fields to try and have uh, and this is where it gets weird, but quote unquote, they'll try and have communion with aliens. And so they have these meditations to try and summon these beings to have communion with them. And we're just like, guys, it's like it's like playing with a Ouija board. Like most of the paranormal community says, don't play with Ouija boards, like because they've seen the dangers of it. It's like, oh, well, so they're you... aware. Oh, my goodness. Most of these cleansing groups that aren't christian oh. go into people's homes and they're like have you played with a ouija board because you shouldn't do that <laughs> really and so when we see groups of people like this going into fields to try and contact these otherworldly beings in one of our one of our episodes where we talk about this we're like guys like you're messing with powers beyond your control and mm-hmm. we're going to be doing a, a series on possession coming up we have a psychologist we're interviewing who did a, a bunch of work with schizophrenia patients and some of the overlap oh. she saw between the supernatural and and natural as well. So, it, and she's Christian, okay. so it, it does inherently bleed through. Right. Very interesting. Now I've got to listen to your podcast. <laughs> Again, it's weird, but yeah, it's yeah, where, it's where we're called. So yeah, yeah, totally. No, I love it. It comes for interesting conversations. So. Hmm. Um, so what would you say your top two favorite episodes were that you've recorded? Oh, I, um, one of my favorites was, um, on Wendigo psychosis, uh, which deals with, um, it's one of those diagnoses in the DSM and it's, uh, just to, just to quickly define it. It's the belief somebody has that they've been possessed by cannibalistic spirit and they've, they go and kill somebody and cannibalize them. And so there's this case here in Alberta a number of years ago on a Greyhound bus, and I won't get graphic, but um, this person killed another person on the Greyhound bus and started cannibalizing them and they ended up being arrested. And in court, they were diagnosed with Wendigo psychosis. And so we oh. talk a bit about, you know, what that looks like in terms of is, is that just strictly natural is that something that just occurs naturally because i do believe mental illness there can be 
an imbalance of hormones, et cetera. Right. But something like that, it's like, okay, well, if you believe in a supernatural realm, you can't believe that that's just simply natural. Yeah. So that one is that was one of my favorites to dig into because there was a lot of research. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll stick with that one because going into any others, again, they're weird. So. <laughs> okay. There's probably so many. And how long have you uh, been doing your podcast for? So I led this other group's podcast during um, COVID for two years. And then we've been doing ours for uh, about two years now as well. That's cool. Oh, okay. And are you guys on like all major platforms then? Like we can, yeah, get your link and then. Yeah. So Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, it's pretty much everywhere. Okay, perfect. Well, what do you want to leave our listeners today? Do you have like a, a word of sometimes, you know, we just open it up if you're sensing, you know, a word from the Lord quickly that you want to share or an encouraging word or anything, um, anything that you feel that you maybe didn't share that you want to share too that we missed? Sure. So my, like my encouragement to Christians is that multiple multiple statistic centers from from pupil to to barna etc show that most of our culture here in north america believes in something else beyond this it's the squeaky wheels that don't believe this and we're led to believe that most of culture doesn't believe there's any supernatural doesn't believe in spirituality doesn't believe in anything else so people are more comfortable with these topics than you think they are and if we as Christians truly believe what we believe, that there's only one path to heaven, that we as Christians have the insight and understanding and wisdom through the Holy Spirit, then we better be speaking up. Because otherwise it creates voids like we've seen in the courts of our land where Christians haven't been stepping up and other groups have been forced to step up because there's a void. So. I'd encourage you, you know, if you've talked, if you're talking to a coworker you've known for years and they're going through something tough, just being like, well, you know, can I pray for you? Or uh, are you, are you comfortable with something like that? Or et cetera, just be willing to take some of these risks to engage in and minister to people to be the light in somebody's darkness. Yeah, that's really good, Nathan. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing today. I was yeah, going to say for, for the BSSM alumni who are listening to, and if they maybe want to maybe get involved in what you're doing, or I don't know if there's any, you know, room for that. Uh, are you on like social media that they can contact you directly to or? Totally. Nathan Zeber, just on Facebook, Z-I-E-B-E-R. Uh, you guys can email the BSSM alumni podcast. I'm happy to get people started in these areas. I want more and more people to be in these areas as Christians. Yeah, perfect. Well, thanks so much. Is there anything else that, yeah, did you want to touch on that we didn't touch on or was that everything today? I, I think that's good. I think, yeah. you know, just trust the Holy Spirit no matter which weird direction he takes you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Well, thanks again. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of the BSSM Canada Alumni Podcast. Feel free to subscribe if you haven't already. Um, season one, we are wrapping up, but there is more to come in the future. 
Um, so yeah, if you haven't already subscribed, we're also, we post our episodes on the BSM Canada alumni Facebook group, as well as on Instagram too. So like you said, uh, Nathan, yeah, they can connect with you online and we'll post all the uh, links in the description for them too. So have an amazing rest of your guys' day, wherever you're tuning in and a great week. And yeah, we hope that um, today's episode just kind of sparked your maybe just curiosity and what Nathan was saying. And maybe the, maybe um, you feel on your heart to reach out to Nathan and get um, get in contact with him and what the Lord has on his heart too. So bless you guys. Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye.